Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Let's Talk XFL, the only podcast solely focused on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host Michael Lathrop. Hello football fans. This is episode 35, Data Insight, Leak Cities, and the Prince. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Royal Retros by 503 Sports. Royal Retros are the king of throwbacks. Royal Retros by 503 Sports provides a line of merchandise from legendary defunct leagues such as the XFL 1.0. If you've always wanted to get yourself a quality Las Vegas Outlaws He Hate Me or Los Angeles Extreme Tommy Maddox jersey, perhaps even an OG XFL's team's t-shirt, we have you covered. Simply click on the link provided in the show's description and notes and enter the code Let's Talk XFL at checkout to receive 10% off your purchase. Although this past week the XFL did not make any announcements, we have put together an awesome show this week. So make sure you tune in for the entire episode because I will be covering leaked information from a league employee, as well as we have two guests this week. Later in the show, I will be joined by Breakaway Data co-founder and president Steve Guerra to discuss his organization's partnership with the XFL and its involvement at the league showcases. In addition, I will also be joined by San Diego Strike Force wide receiver Prince Shanala to discuss his football journey, XFL showcase experience, and more. But first, we have that league to cover. So, let's get to it. During a recent episode of the Sports Slaw podcast, hosted by Deb Schneider and Lomas Brown, XFL Orlando's Director of Player Personnel, Larry Lee, made a guest appearance. During Lee's segment, he leaked each of the eight XFL cities as well as the head coaching assignments. For Lee, these are the cities and its head coaches for the 2023 season. Washington, D.C., Reggie Barlow. Dallas, Bob Stoops. Houston, Wade Phillips. Las Vegas, Rod Woodson, Orlando, Terrell Buckley, San Antonio, Heinz Ward, Seattle, Jim Hazlitt, and St. Louis, Anthony Becht. Unfortunately, the audio and video version of this episode has since been removed. Before it was, several of notable alternative media outlets shared it via social media. I regret not taking a moment to secure the audio before its removal. Moving on, it is important to recognize Mike Mitchell, reported these cities months ago. If you're not already following Mike Mitchell, you have been missing out. Mitchell is an XFL insider and a must-follow for any fan of the league. As I have previously mentioned, I will now be joined by Breakaway Data co-founder and president Steve Guerra to discuss his organization's partnership with the XFL and their involvement at the league showcases. Welcome, Steve. I'm glad we were able to connect at the Florida Showcase, and I appreciate you taking the time to join the show to discuss your organization and its XFL partnership. Thanks for having me, Mike. Um, yeah, really, really excited to be here with you today and, and incredibly excited about our partnership with the XFL. You know, we really view it as, you know, co-creating from the ground up with them and really trying to not only validate everything that we've been doing in elite sport for, you know, the better part of two decades, but really try and bring like a couple of new things to bear on a league that 
you know, is really all about giving players a, a chance, players who are not in the, in the NFL, another chance at continuing to play and continue to pursue their dreams. So we, we couldn't be more excited about all the folks that we're working with at the XFL. Can you take a moment and share some of your background and the background of breakaway data? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll start with myself because I think it's kind of like, you know, relatively important to how Breakaway Data was formed. So my background is I'm a former U.S. Marine turned NFL money ball guy at first. Um, I was brought into the league originally as a data analytics intern for the San Diego Chargers. And then, uh, you know, I eventually got onto the coaching staff and worked with North Turner's coaching staff throughout the entirety of his uh, tenure with the club. Um, and then post-NORV, uh, post-NORV regime and um, A.J. Smith regime for the Chargers, I then moved on to the uh, Cleveland Browns, which is, uh, you know, a really interesting organization to work for. And, uh, but had a great time and had a really great staff there where I was chief of staff for the uh, head football coach and then also the head of innovation for the club. And my job there was, and this is where I started to really transition, was really about trying to find competitive advantages for our football team uh, by looking at analytics, looking at data, right? Um, Looking at technology and looking at innovation. And so when I was with the club, I spent a lot of my time actually forging relationships with external partners or other clubs like Real Madrid or FC Barcelona or Los Angeles Dodgers, or you kind of, you kind of name it. And over the course of the past decade, um, that's what we've done. Um, we've built companies in and around the sports technology space um, and innovation space. And Breakaway Data is our latest venture. And we've been we've been working, you know, on athlete data for the better part of the last decade um, in a number of different ways. But what Breakaway Data is is Breakaway Data is a performance data company um, akin to what Nike is, right? So what Nike does is Nike they create shoes, shorts, shirts, and apparel, right? And what they do is they they outfit the best athletes in the world, and that helps them with their performance, right? And then now, you know, downstream athletes who are in college and high school or your everyday athletes can now use the same that the same apparel and the same in the same shoes to help them with their performance. But it starts with that R and D, and it starts with that servicing that elite, the elite of the elite, right? And then creating products that help them, which can then help help everyone. And we view athletic data and performance data the exact same way. Whether if you're a Chris Paul and you play in the NBA and you use your performance data to enhance the way that you play on the court, but also um, the way that you use your data to actually uh, make better daily decisions about what to eat, when to train, how much to train, you know, just trying to get a better understanding of yourself as an athlete, we empower that. And we empower that through a couple of different ways, but mainly through our uh, breakaway app. And the breakaway app is essentially um, Strava for team sports. What we allow athletes to do is put their, um, all of their performance information and data into one, um, into one place. And that's their production data. That's their training data. And then it's their lifestyle and wearable uh, kind of uh, data as well. And, and that's what we're giving all XFL athletes this upcoming um, upcoming year. And then we're also doing um, the other thing that we're doing with the XFL, in addition to um, giving all all the XFL athletes access to all their information, is um, we are also um, running our advanced combine, uh, which is essentially the best way to think of our advanced combine. It is real positional movements, all right, captured by high speed cameras. 
and in which then what we do is we process biomechanics data on the way an athlete actually executes a block, the way they execute a getting off the line of scrimmage, the way that they execute a pass rush. All right. And what we're able to do is, you know, in your standard combine, you end up essentially just looking at, okay, well, here's the 40 time for this athlete. So this is how fast he is. All right. And if they're offensive linemen, you only look at the first 20 yards or maybe 10 yards. Right. And if they're a wide receiver, you look at their 20 yard to 40 yard because you want to see what their burst was when they're trying to actually finish. Right. And what we do is, is those standard combine events. Um, which are very, very useful and they should never be thrown out, right? Um, those are those are great things because they allow you to compare historically across generations. But what happens is that scouts typically try and pull those standard events, those standard combine events apart so that they can understand athletes a little bit more. And what we do with our high-speed cameras and our field lab setups, we have a product that we, cr- we created called Field Labs. And what Field Labs allows us to do is if you're a quarterback, just go throw the ball 10 times. And then what we can do is we can tell you the angular velocity of your elbow, your shoulder. We can give you your sequencing from your toes all the way to your wrist. Um, And we can start to actually give some really refined information back to the players, back to coaches and back to scouts so that they really understand how they play the game as much as they understand um, what their athletic ability is. I know you kind of just, Peeled back the cover there really quick and started sharing some things. So I had some other questions without getting into your intellectual property, like going totally full disclosure here. So by all means, protect what you, what you must. How does breakaway data, their services and technology really differ from other leading sport analytics and science vendors? Yeah, so we so we really differentiate really, I mean, I think on on the applied nature of what we do. So a lot of data that's um, generated on athletes kind of just sits into a silo and is usable by one part of an organization, right? Like there's sports science data that's useful for sports scientists. There's biomechanics data that's like useful for a biomechanist and a sports scientist. Um, There's strength and conditioning data that's useful for the strength and conditioning coach and then maybe a few other people. What gives us a competitive advantage and where our IP really lies is around the ability to take all of that information about an athlete and then turn it into coach speak. So what we do, and athlete speak. So what we do is we take what can be very arcane, very scientific, and we're able to create derivative metrics from different pieces of different data sets that allow us to start talking about the way an athlete plays. And we do that in the language that athletes can easily understand. Simple enough for the average person like me to understand. But it, it is it is difficult to do, right? And it does it requires like a deep level of understanding of the way athletes and coaches think. And I think that's one of the main things that also gives us a, an advantage is that we come from that world. I coached the NFL um, and have uh, coached, you know, and worked across the NBA, um, European football, MLS, Major League Baseball. I've worked across a number of different, you know, um, leagues and organizations. And I've worked with coaches, you know, probably over 100 different coaches across, you know, seven or eight different sports at this point, if not more. Um, and then Dave is, you know, my, my partner and CEO of Breakaway. He played in the league. And so we bring that experience of that ground truth what's really what you're looking for. That's what we bring to, uh, to bear on, on building our products. So back on 
June 16th, the partnership of the XFL was announced. What does that partnership really look like without sharing financials and stuff that doesn't matter to somebody like me? What, what does that look like? We know you're at the, the showcases, or at least I've seen it, and, and we know you're participating there. What does that look like long term once the showcases are over, once we're starting to head into you know post-draft, when they're starting to do the, the training camps and whatnot? Is it something that you and your team is going to be very involved in? Is this something that you're training people in the lead up so that they will have this technology to incorporate into their training sessions? What does the entire process kind of entail, if you could? Yeah, no, it's a good question. And so it's both, honestly. It's There are some very hands-on things that we do and we frankly have to do because of kind of the nature of them. And what you're referring to there and what, what you saw out in Florida, um, that's specifically the field labs. So what we do is, you know, if there are 200, 250, I think there were about 240 some odd athletes who were at the Florida showcase. And then it was roughly the same amount who were at the um, Maryland showcase. And then we're expecting, I think, even more for for Dallas and and for Arizona as well, um, which is really exciting. But what we do is we'll go out there and we actually run our our, our field labs. Uh, We run field labs in the middle of the showcases. So we are one of the stations. So if you're an XFL showcase athlete, you come out, you're running a 40, you're doing a three cone drill, you're doing jump, you're doing height, weight testing, you're doing positional drills, and you're also doing the breakaway station. And the breakaway station is field labs, which is for a football player, for them, what it is, it's individual period. And if you played football or if you're familiar with the way um, practices are constructed is there's this individual period at the beginning of practice where the coaches, the positional coaches actually take all their players through foundational fundamental football drills, right? And so that could be a pass set. It could be, um, you know, pulling if you're a guard. It could be throwing the ball if you're a a QB and kind of warming up. Um, It could be takeoffs and sprinting if you're a um, if you're or running specific routes, if you are a uh, wide receiver or a tight end, et cetera, et cetera, the list goes on and on. And so what we do is we just take athletes through that. And then what we do is we give them back um, their biomechanical information on how fast they're getting off the line of scrimmage, you know, their bend and like, do they have 22 degrees worth of bend when they're actually rushing the passer versus, you know, 16 at an elite level. And we can kind of start bracketing them. Then we give that information back to the XFL. So that helps them uncover some of these uh, players who frankly are some of them are overlooked purely because their standard combine measurables are not NFL quality at this point, right? What our tool allows us to do is uncover those really great players who maybe were overlooked purely because they didn't run the fastest 40, or maybe they didn't, they didn't have the biggest hands or they didn't have the longest arms if they're an offensive lineman. But what we can show you is that they play the position incredibly well. And so we give that information to the XFL scouts and the coaching staff so that they can be really up to date on like, Hey, this is, and, and really understand each respective player. And we also give that information back to the players so that they can know a little bit more about themselves and maybe training accordingly um, to try and, you know, either address some gaps that they might have or to accentuate some positives that they might have. I'm glad you mentioned giving it to the players because that segues right into my next question that we've heard that it's going to be player ownership is a key component of this data. Exactly what information will these players be receiving and how will they use it towards their recovery, 
their training to maximize their overall health and production? And is there like a decent amount of training, like education that they need to have prior to receiving this information, depending on what you're getting? Do they know what they're looking at? Do they know how to process it and evaluate it? Or is there kind of like a classroom setting, if you will, to kind of break it down for them? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I'll, I'll tell you what, that's part of the reason why Breakaway exists um, is because the way that performance data has been delivered to coaches and athletes over the course of the last decade has been way too scientific. Um, and it's not approachable. It's very, very difficult because a lot of it is predicated on you put stuff into a spider graph. Way too much of data is is pie charts and, and other, you know, kind of visualizations that people who are in data can understand very easily, but that your average human being would just gloss over very quickly if they looked at. So um, we, we've actually taken a very simple approach, which is we have on the breakaway app. And they're just these widgets that give you um, basically that, you know, we have an on-field intensity widget that, that gives you a number that's an approximation of basically how hard you worked during practice, right? So if you go out and train and you're wearing a GPS device when you're training, well, that GPS device will, will basically tell you how fast you ran, how many times you ran like over like a specific miles per hour, how many, how much you actually moved during practice and like how, how much you were on your feet, right? And then what we do is we generate basically a a breakaway score on this was the cost of that training session, right? It was a six out of a 10, or it was a seven and a half out of 10, right? It was a nine. It was really hard practice. It was a nine out of 10, right? Um, And then we allow you to track that. And we we can baseline you over time so that you can learn that you normally basically practice as like a six or a seven, something like that. So we make it that easy. We actually make it very, very simple for people to actually understand the data, but we do that for on-field training session. We do that for your weight room training session and we pipe in all that information. And so what an athlete actually gets is they get very simple and lovely interface that looks uh, funny enough, a lot like Spotify wrapped at the end of the year, where it tells you how much you listen to and who you listen to and all these other things. We actually modeled part of our performance feed off of Spotify Wrapped because most athletes, you know, <laughs> have been on Spotify and have used Spotify Wrapped at some point. And so that's that's how we design our product, right? And so it's very visually appealing and very gamified, is what I would say. And and the data that they get, there's basically three types of data that they get. And working backwards, so the first type of data that they get is they get what did I do in a game? Their production data, all right. And so if you're running back, that's you know carries, that's yards, catches, attempts, et cetera, et cetera. If you're a quarterback, it's completion percentage. Um, but then you can start to slice and dice that. You can say, well, I just want to really know my, what was my completion percentage on in red zone? What was my completion percentage in, on third down, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, so we allow athletes to look at what did I actually do in a game, all right? And we allow them to customize that for whatever they believe is important about them, right? So that's, that's the first piece of data that we give them. The second piece of data we give them is their actual club training data, right? So if you're playing for one of the, you know, one of the teams in the XFL, um, you guys practice for, you know, X amount throughout the course of the day, um, two hours, you know, probably normally what you're doing. And then you have an hour long wait session. Um, All of that kind of usage data and workload data will go into the app as well. So it's going to tell you how hard did I work today? when I was actually at the practice facility working. The third piece of data that we pipe in as well is um, your own personal wearable fitness data. So if an athlete wears an Apple watch, 
They use an aura ring. They use uh, maybe like a sleep device. Maybe they use lose it on their phone. Maybe they use my fitness pal. Maybe they use some other sort of app on their phone in order to track everything from their diet to how much they meditate, maybe to how much they sleep, to how much they recover. An athlete can put all of that information in there as well. And now they get to look at all three of those data sets. So what that allows you to do is an athlete's not just looking at previous before breakaway app, you only looked at the game or you only looked at what you did during the day when you were at the club training, or you only looked at your fitness wearable data. And that was across five different apps. What you now do with Breakaway app is you can look all, at all of that and you can see how your sleeping, your nutrition affects your club training. And you can see how now those two things over the course of four days affects your game production. And so that's really what we start to unlock for athletes. So what could you say to people of all different ages and backgrounds and everyone start to look at the NFL when they're like, oh, analytics. Now, one game, no team punted. They went for it on fourth down every time. What can you say about the data that's collected and the use of that data? How are we seeing it actually transform the sport that we love, regardless of what it is, let's say it's just football in this case. How can we you explain the tangible differences as to why this matters and why it works and why it needs to continue or dive deeper because you're yeah. going to have somebody that's the old school. Oh, just go out there and play grind. And how can you explain this to the person that's kind of like, get off my lawn, old school thought, you know what I'm saying? Well, all those old school guys have already been doing this for years. They already do it. I, they all already do it. Their heads are just big supercomputers. And what they end up doing is they watch, you know, your average NFL or uh, college or high school coach, right? If you coach ball, you will probably watch, in effect, let's call it 150 to maybe 200 plays a day, a day, because coaches love watching game film, right? So if we just said a coach just at the low end, let's say he watched 100 plays a, a game or a day, sorry. And you're still talking, he's like watching like 40,000 plays a year, right? Over 10 years, that's now over like 400, 500, it's half a million plays that a, a coach has watched, right? Over the course of like, it's, and eventually you start getting into the millions. So what happens when all these coaches are watching athletes all the time is they turn into little pattern recognition machines, right? And they know football, they know ball, they know it really, really well. And so what ends up happening is they, and, and all coaches know this, you're always looking for a, a, uh, your opponent's tendencies, right? And so you break it down and you say, well, they go, they run at 55% of the time. And on first and 10 at the start of a series at a peak 10, they, they, they run 60%, right? So they're, they're obviously more likely to run it on the very first down of a fresh, uh, very, on, on first and 10 on a fresh set of downs, right? Coaches have been doing that forever. I was talking with Norv Turner about this just a couple of weeks ago and, and like he was affronted by the whole analytics space because he's like, I've been doing analytics forever. You know that, Steve. And I'm like, I know that because I was your analytics guy. And the truth is, is that all these coaches have been have been using percentages, using information, using data to make decisions about the game for a long, long time. Now, what's happened, though, is you're able to get slightly deeper when you actually start using data and organizing your data in a more kind of uh, just you know refined way. What you're able to do is you're able to get a little bit deeper. So let's think about the last like five to 10 years in, in football and the fact that you have more coaches who go forward on fourth down now, 
more than, you know, certainly 15, 20 years ago, right? The game's more fun. The game is more fun to watch. It's more exciting. Really good teams win more often, I think. Um, I mean, I don't know if the analytics would bear out that statement. But um, I think teams um, that are well-constructed, who use information to their advantage, um, have made the game more exciting. Um, I think if you look at player tracking data, you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs clearly use tracking data to devise their game book because of the way that they actually open up their route schemes are, are phenomenal. And a lot of them are tied, I'm pretty darn sure, to basically, you know, leveraging the way that the game has kind of evolved from a data standpoint. And so that's what's happened as coaches have used analytics is, is coaches have used analytics in play calling and they've used it in scheming and also in um, kind of developing their game plans. Now, here's what our app and what I believe what the XFL is really going to push forward, right? Which is this. If that's happened on the analytics side for coaches, the next wave of innovation for data is really around athlete development, personalized athlete development so that these athletes who are going to be playing in the XFL, we can optimize them full stop, right? Because now they have better information. They've leaned into performance science programming even more. And it starts, they start to become kind of these self-fulfilled prophecies of athletic development. And that's what information allows you to do. You take the guesswork out of, you know what, we really need to work on Mike's left glutes not firing when he's playing. Like we can actually tell you by using our field lab data, we can tell you that the reason why a defensive lineman's get off is slower than another player's because his left glutes not firing. Like that's the sort of like granularity we can get to. Now you give that to a strength and conditioning coach and you take a player who's, you know, he literally could be, you know, a phenomenal player, but because he has some sort of muscle deficiency or, or, you know, asymmetry in his body. And now what we're able to do is we're able to train against that and take a player who was undervalued and all of a sudden turn him into, you know, a great player. And that's where I think the potential for really leaning into sports science and performance science data through, through our partnership um, with the XFL, that that's what it opens up. Is it easier to get the player incorporated or kind of set into that wave of thinking and understanding earlier? Is it the key going to be college? Is it going to be key in the leagues like the XFL or the USFL or Major League Football prior to get to the NFL? I mean, is it too late, kind of so to speak, when it's much higher demand, or does it not really matter? No, not at all. I mean, so so the, the interesting thing is, is the players, the athletes who we found care the most about their performance data are players who are on the fringe and trying to make the XFL or trying to make a squad. They care very much because their data allows them to create more repeatable weeks, right? And what I mean by that is like, let's say you have a player who has a really great week and then they're told by their coach, hey, you, you performed awesome today during that, during that practice or during that game. Now, what does the coach always say? The coach always says, remember everything that you did leading up to this game. Remember everything that you did and just go do it again next week. Well, your average athlete's processing like 15 formal and informal data feeds. And those data feeds could be everything from their coach telling them something to them just feeling something on a day-to-day basis 
to actual information that's being collected on a device or generated while they're practicing, right? And all we do is we take all those formal and informal channels and we put them in a mobile device. So an athlete can create repeatable weeks. What young athlete doesn't want to create a repeatable week? Because repeatable weeks, especially great repeatable weeks, those get you contracts. Those get you signed. Those are the things that get you noticed, right? And so that's the thing we do for younger athletes. The thing we do for older athletes, I've found too, is older athletes are trying to get to that next contract. They're trying to stay in a league for another year, right? And so so utilizing their performance information is incredibly important for them as well. So it really doesn't matter like when you come into the continuum, because what we're finding is that, yes, for young athletes, this is more table stakes. Like they're, they've grown up in a world that's very digital and they, they're wondering, like, hey, why don't I have access to all my information? And that's literally why our company exists, because enough young athletes asked us, we, we want access to all of our information. Can you build me something that allows me to get that? And we said, yes, we will. So, so that's why we build our company. What's the turnaround time on the data? Is it within the day? Does it take a couple of days before it gets in the hands of the players? It actually does depend upon like what type of data, right? So like the biomechanics data that we are generating in field labs, that actually does take a couple of days, but that's because that is very highly granular. We literally have a supercomputer and we have an entire team of biomechanists here who work on that. It is pretty intense because of the way that we do it. There are other ways that we could do it that would be less kind of like, it just, you wouldn't be able to get the same granularity of information and data if we didn't take the the scientific rigorous approach that we that we do take to it. So we're pretty heavy on that. We believe athletes deserve that quality of information. If we're going to have an athlete run around on the field, that information better be accurate and it better be high quality. Can't give them something that's not high quality. All right. So we we take our time with biomechanics data partially because there's some limitations on it, right? But data from practice, that's immediate, right? Data from games, that's immediate. As soon as you get done, you walk off the field, you get done practicing, your data uploads to the cloud, it comes down into your breakaway app and you have it right there on your phone. Same thing for your wearable data. If I were to open up my breakaway app right now, I'd be able to see my sleep data and my HRV data from last night. Um, And then I can change my performance data. The more I walk, the more I move around, um, uh, my information will kind of shift throughout the course of the day. So so it it varies and it just kind of depends. All that's really just, you know, built into the athlete's day of training though. Awesome. Well, Steve, it has been a pleasure and I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and talk with me about your role and breakaway data as a whole and the partnership with the XFL. If breakaway data incorporates new technologies before the year is over or in the future, I'm assuming this is a multi-year deal with the league or hopefully I would love to have you come back on and we could talk about those type of things. No, I would love to. Yeah, no, listen, I think uh, very soon we're going to have some initial kind of results from the showcases. And those are going to be shared with the scouts and, and with players. You know, what would be fun at some point down the line is maybe sit down with, you know, we obviously need to get, you know, talk with, uh, talk with Doug and Russ and, and everyone at the, you know, XFL, Danny and the Rock and, and, and see about maybe, you know, maybe we could do a session where we have like an athlete on there or something like that. But that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. It'd be cool. If some of our listeners wanted to be able to follow you, your journey in the company, where could they do so? Yeah. So you can just go to breakawaydata.com. 
to find the company. Uh, and then if you're if you're on LinkedIn or anything else like that, just put in Steve Guerra to find me, and we can always. Uh, I'm I'm very accessible on uh, <laughs> on Gmail, uh, and then also uh, on the web. Uh, if you just if you just Google me, you can typically you can just Google Steve Guerra G E R A. You can find me pretty 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 easily. Um, and then uh, but breakawaydata.com, and then we're also um, if you want to follow us, um, we have at Breakaway Data um, uh, on Twitter, and then also on Instagram. And uh, yeah, we, we we're very excited about what we're building and we're always looking for people to reach out to us and, and, and ask about how they can potentially get involved. Perfect. Thank you, Steve. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Have a great week. All right. You as well. We are fortunate to have Steve Guerra join us on the show. Steve's involvement from top to bottom and personally running the stations at these XFL showcases made him the ideal guest to provide insight about breakaway data and their partnership with the XFL. As I have also previously mentioned, I will now be joined by San Diego Strike Force wide receiver Prince Shanala to discuss his football journey and XFL showcase experience. Welcome, Prince. I appreciate you taking the time to join the show to discuss your professional football journey and your pursuit of obtaining an XFL roster spot. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. The pleasure. I believe it is important to learn about the person and their origins in order to truly understand their journey. I don't think many of our listeners are familiar with your backstory. Can you take a moment to share your humble story before college became a reality? Yeah, of course. Well, my story is, is a long one. <laughs> it's a long one. So it really started when, um, when I was playing football for a not a professional, but a semi-professional team. Um, I didn't go through high school traditionally. When I grew up, my parents were the normal family, married, you know, two-parent household. But uh, once they got divorced, that's when everything pretty much went down, down the drain for me. Um, I moved in with my mother. Football really, really wasn't on the table at the time. But when she decided to leave, basically um, abandoning me, uh, I didn't really see school or football in my future. I was just trying to work and trying to make ends meet, trying to find places to sleep, you know, the whole, the whole nine. So around 19, uh, my oldest brother found out that I was uh, running around in the streets, basically, you know, not really doing or living up to my potential. So he moved me out to Tampa, Florida. I began to move furniture and, and just become more disciplined. You know, it's just, just to learn from him and to grow from him was a great experience in itself. I had a friend who I've known for a very long time named Jamie. He he was playing football and uh, he said, Hey man, I, I know you love football. I want to see you back on the field. Just come play semi-pro. Just come see what it's like. I say, man, come see what it's like. All right. Well, I guess <laughs> I took the opportunity. I took the chance. Um, I did semi-pro for about three years. And after semi-pro, I used that film to get into an NAIA school, Warner University, Lake Wales, Florida. First year program, so we didn't have a season. You know, just going through just workouts and and just daily a daily routine for about seven months. I didn't have the academic discipline, you know, because I didn't go through high school traditionally. I went to a uh, a private Christian academy in 2010. You know, I didn't go through ninth grade, tenth grade, you know, eleventh grade. I didn't go through prom. I didn't have any of that stuff, unfortunately. But once I went to Warner and flunked out because of my academic discipline, I went to 
Fullerton Junior College, California. Played there for about a year and a half. Once I received a scholarship to Rocky Mountain College in Billings, Montana, that's when things started to pick up for me, you know, because I was always a running back. I was never really a receiver. I was always a running back, you know, just getting the ball and making something happen. But when I got to Fullerton, they were like, hey, uh, you're kind of small. So <laughs> so we want to try you at receiver. <laughs> so I was like, OK, that's cool. That's cool. I'll take it. And they put me at receiver. And then um, I still didn't really come to my full potential until Rocky Mountain College. That's when things started to pick up for me. And I started to get the terminology and, and figure out myself as a receiver. I was going to kind of get into that junior college at Fulton. Yeah. I wanted to make sure you kind of got your story out there. Because I, I came across your story previously. And I read it. And I thought, I don't want to force it upon you. But I'm like, he's got an interesting, humble beginning to him. That I don't think most people understand that some of these players – you in particular to where you're at today and the opportunity that is now sitting on the table. So I was going to kind of talk about your journey there a little bit and let, or let you talk about it and the junior college to NAIA, which is not traditional to making it you know, right. later on post-college right. you've had tryouts with Canadian football league, a private workout with yeah. the Cleveland Browns, as yeah, well as you've yeah. been a, you know, a member with the Arizona Hotshots of yeah. the Alliance of American Football during their training camp <laughs> and preseason. Since yeah. you have been in the arena game with stints with, what is it, Albany Empire, Carolina Cobras, mm -hmm. Jacksonville Sharks, Orlando yeah, Predators, Predators, and most San recently Diego. San Diego Strike Force, right? Yeah. How did all of this adversity impact you and improve you as a player? I mean, adversity is really something that I've been built for, you know, because I've been in adverse situations my entire life, it feels like. It always feels like my back is against the wall. It always feels like there's something that I have to get off my chest or I have to reveal or I have to conquer. It feels like that all the time. So for the fact that this journey with football, which is something that I loved and I catered my life to, it's something that saved me. So it's, it's okay. It's okay for me to go through the struggle. It's okay for me because one, one thing I learned is don't get too high when you're high. Don't get too low when you're low, you know, try to have a balance, try to understand that things happen for a reason and that you're going to fall, but it's how you react, you know, to adversity and how you bounce back from that. So yeah, I've learned to be persistent and it built my character, you know, Seeing that there are significant differences between the arena football and the traditional game, how right. has the arena game impacted your game? The arena game is a smaller field for a lot of people who may not really understand like what's really going on. They just see um, it's a smaller field with with about eight guys per side, but it's fast. It basically allows me to be fast in a confined area running better routes, cleaner routes, quicker routes, getting in and out of my breaks, you know, understanding my alignment and my assignment in a short area, it's going to translate outside. You know, I'm going to be able to be explosive right now or stop on a dime or being able to recognize what the defense is really doing man on man and, you know, zone coverage and stuff like that. So, but for me, it's really the fans. I've always talked about that. The fans being able to not just share my story, but share my experience. 
you know, be on the field and share my experience with the fans and and make plays and make them feel good because at the end of the day, we're there to perform too. It's our job, you know? So I love the indoor game, 100%. I really do. But outdoor is where I can really show my speed. You know, a lot of times I catch myself indoor running full speed <laughs> and I run out of space. So it teaches you the tempo, you know, learn how to control your speed, learn, how to, learn to navigate your routes. So... I appreciate the indoor game for sure. I was going to say, you were talking about a lot of the benefits. I was wondering what potential aspects hinder your game and your strength. Yeah, exactly. That you couldn't technically really tap into or really utilize. Right, right, right. That's the reason why I was released from Albany. I was told from the coach, you're the fastest player I've ever seen in my life in 30 years of coaching, but you're too fast. Sometimes you need to slow it down. So that was a teaching point for me in my career, too. Sometimes I need to slow down, you know, adjust my route, understand the concept, you know, and everything that we're running. Don't just think just because you're fast, you can be faster than everyone at all times. Learn how to run your routes with technique. Which is funny because all we hear in sports is that you can't teach speed, right? Or you can't teach size. Somebody either has it or not. Right. The one right. thing that everyone's always looking for is the fastest or the biggest, the strongest. And in here, mm-hmm. in your case, <laughs> right. that they couldn't utilize it, which that's actually baffling in a way. It's kind of surprising. After playing several seasons in the arena football, where did you find the courage and determination to register for the XFL Florida Showcase? During the process of going to San Diego, I actually had contacts with USFL. So I was in the talks with the USFL, working my name in the draft pool and stuff like that. However, that didn't work out the way I thought it would. And I had some contacts with the XFL already um, leading into the season in San Diego. So I, I told myself, well, I'm going to get some film. I'm going to continue to prove myself. You know, continue to show them that I've been playing since I left college besides COVID year. To still show that I'm in shape and that I can run routes and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, so one of my contacts told me, hey, um, the showcase is coming up. Do you want to try out? I was like, of course. Of course I do. Of course I want to play back outdoors because when I was with the Hot Shots, man, that was one of the best times I've had in my entire career. Although it was cut short, you know, I was found on Twitter from Phil Savage. I didn't go try out. I didn't have a big career. I didn't have many followers on Twitter. I didn't have an agent. I had no connections to Phil Savage whatsoever. He contacted me and said, hey, we like what you can do. We want to offer you a contract. I was like, wow, okay. And now all the NFL guys that they've signed and who have been in training camps, I've never touched the NFL field, but I was one of the last cuts. I've seen all these NFL guys going in and coming out. You know, so for me, that's a testament. I can play it. I can play it. I just need that real opportunity to do so. I have, in a lot of circles, have shared with people that whether it's the XFL or the USFL, this level of professional outdoor, that there are numerous NFL caliber players. And I know a lot of people tell me, well, it's only a small percentage, like 5% or something that actually leaves from the XFL that went on. And I think people lose sight. Maybe that's what you see right now, but what is it if 
some of these leagues had two, three seasons, this player finally gets a chance to actually showcase themselves and really kind of get into that rhythm. They're not even factoring the number of people that are now in these leagues that have already played in the NFL, whether a season, two seasons, three seasons. I think people lose sight that there is so much NFL caliber talent in this level that it is legitimate. Now, I'm not saying everyone's going to be a pro bowler when they're a star in the NFL, but they can't be. They can definitely get a roster spot and prove that they belong in the National Football League. So I totally get where you're coming from, that right there, and you're proving yourself. (laughs) Whether you made that final roster spot or not, doesn't matter, but so didn't some of those National Football League guys either. So that's a very good, it's a very good way of evaluating yourself and not kind of losing track yourself. Well, hey, if I could beat that guy out, I hope a lot of players can also think that way. Right. As a member of the media, I also attended the XFL Florida Showcase. Unfortunately, the media session wrapped up just as the offensive session was starting. So I couldn't see your performance. What were your thoughts on the breakaway data, the drills, and your overall performance? I feel like my overall performance was was great. Um, I wish we would have had one more opportunity at each station because we only had one time to run the 40, one time to do the L drill. Uh, triple jump, triple broad jump, stuff like that. But other than that, the breakaway data was was amazing. It was interesting, something I've never experienced before. You know, the with the sensors stationed up on the field around us, and and just the station itself that they had set up, the technology that they were using, the the knowledge that they provided us, what they wanted to see from us. You know, it was really professional overall. The showcase was amazing, and I keep telling some of my friends who were who have gone and who are in the process of going, like this is one of the best experiences that I've ever been a, a part of, you know, and and for the guys who are going to be going to the next showcase, the showcase is coming up, man, take advantage, you know, take advantage, take it seriously, be focused because you really only get one rep. There was 80 receivers, 80 plus receivers, nine tight ends, and I don't know what <laughs> about the running backs or whatever, you know, but but literally there were some guys who only had one opportunity to catch a football. I was lucky enough to have two and I caught both, you know? So if you make a mistake, it's, it's on, it's on, it's on display. Everyone's going to see, you know, uh, but I, I felt like I did good. I felt like I did great, ran fast, stayed in tuned and, and attention to detail. So that is very, very su- high. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's hot. Uh, you, luckily, you guys are wearing white, though. White t-shirts. Yeah, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Because the defensive session was wearing the black shirt. So, luckily, you guys were wearing white. Oh. oh, my goodness. I understand you hold Rocky Mountain College's all-time record for the 40-yard dash at 4.33 yeah. seconds. Yeah. I have also yep. seen some of your YouTube highlights since you've turned professional. And I must say, you're still fast. All right. I didn't have to see your 40. I didn't have to see your 40 at the show. You're still fast. So we're, 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 kind of, we're coming back around on this, right? Do you have an idea what your consistent 40 time is as of late, like recently? Um, consistently, I would say I'm, I'm still in the four fours, maybe mid four fours to high four fours naturally. But once I'm in a, a, a situation or a 
organized schedule with my trainer like I was before, yeah, I can I can crack four threes for sure. And how old are you now, Prince? Thirty-one. Oh, so the, yeah. I guess I didn't do the math and figure that all out, but wow, which is even more surprising that if you could potentially still be in the four fours, but if you could potentially crack yeah. back in the four threes, that would be amazing. Yeah. Right. Wow. Right. Remember, I had no no high school experience, so my body really hasn't taken that much damage. And then even when I got to the to the hot shots, I still wasn't I wasn't taking really any damage. I didn't play season with the Albany Empire. I didn't take any damage. I didn't really play season. So all these teams I played on where I've gotten knowledge and I've gained experience and understanding of the game, I really haven't taken any damage. So for me, it's a blessing. It is. I know a lot of people try to criticize my age but if you look at the story and understand the value of the situation i'm football young you know i have a lot of football left in me i haven't ran track or anything like that so i don't have any any pre-existing injuries that linger any surgeries or anything like that so i'm just ready to go so if we just look at those old sayings or adages right Blessings can be curses and curses can be blessings, right? So even though you were being released in a way you learned enough was a blessing because you are still healthy mm-hmm. at 31 as healthy as healthy mm-hmm. can be, which mm-hmm. is allowing you to also run a four, four or potentially might be able to crack back into four threes. That's I awesome. Will. Yeah. I will. That's, that's actually one of my goals right now. My goals right now, um, pre-draft is to to make sure my 40 is down as well to make sure I have a good 40 no matter what awesome obviously you made quite the impression at the Florida showcase because back on June 29th you received your invitation letter to join the XFL player draft pool I'm assuming you have accepted it since then yes (laughs) yes definitely before I just go on have they informed you of the next step of this lengthy process? Um, no, they have not. Once I received that that invitation to the draft pool, I signed it. You know, I agreed to it. Now the wait is on. I'm just sitting here waiting to see if anyone's going to contact me. I reached out to my agents as well to see if they can reach out to anyone or, or see what the next step is for this evaluation process. But I'm really interested about this breakaway data. I want to see what what information I receive from this or what what it what information it reads on me and my body and how I move and, and stuff like that. I'm really interested in that. 100%. Just to touch on that for a tad bit. So, as I had previously mentioned to you, you're going to be on the same show as Steve Guerra, the co-founder and president of Breakaway Data. It's surprising. There's a lot of data that needs to be processed on their end. And seeing that he is very involved in the process, like, as you know, you mentioned that you had a chance to actually meet him and speak with him a little bit. He's from the ground level working on it as well as the high end stuff. He said it's a little bit, a little bit of a process. I'm surprised because now it's been over a week, but he just said it takes a little bit of time to gather some of that information to be able to put it together and then put it out on the app. So hopefully that helps just let you know it, it does take some time. Yeah. They're not looking to withhold it. I don't know exactly how long. He just said it's a bit of a process. Okay. I'm confident what matters the most is just being selected in November's draft 
and securing a roster spot for you. Essentially, a Orlando franchise has been confirmed by an XFL executive. What would it mean for you if you were to play for your hometown team? It would mean everything to me. For one, to be drafted would be a blessing because typically guys who are my age and have had my story don't get this opportunity. People who have better have had better situations and have been at bigger schools may not have this opportunity. So for me, it means everything to be drafted. Something I've always wanted to as a kid, knowing I have potential, but my situation has never really allowed me to, to express that. You know, so getting drafted to Orlando, I've been here my whole life. This is home. This is this is big, you know, this is this is a legacy. I know there's some rumors with things not being finalized yet. So there's some talk of a central hub where right. Texas might actually be where players live, train during the weeks and they just fly out to their markets and then play games and potentially come back. Nothing's finalized yet. It'd be cool to live in your hometown and potentially play for your hometown team as well. But for sure, for sure. You could only imagine what it would be like to be able to play at a high level. Maybe it's not the National Football League, but a high level and play for your hometown that that in front of them or for at least the namesake, even if it didn't work out that way, that it would have to be pretty cool. Right. Dream come true. Right. It doesn't have to be the NFL. That's where a lot of guys get it misconstrued. It doesn't have to be D1. You know, it has to be about the work that you put in and who sees it. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be Alabama. It doesn't have to be Old Miss. Just put in the work, grind, make connections, build relationships, network yourself. Things Friends. will happen as they should. I get it. If you love the sport, Wow. You grind and and you do you can be recognized regardless of what the level is and I agree. Hey, I never had a chance to play professional. I'm 42, right. so things are different. But you're 31, <laughs> right. and and the time is right. Right, the football landscape is so different today that it provides mm-hmm. you this opportunity. And I'm and I'm glad that you are being recognized for it. It's really awesome. So what Thank I you. always try to do. Oh, you're welcome. But I always try to do before we wrap things up is. I've had an executive on in the past, so I'm not saying they listen to every show. I'm not even saying they listen to any shows, but if they happen to, if an XFL coach or staff member happens to tune in, what is unknown about you that you would like them to know? This is your last kind of ploy to make sure you, you know, you get selected in November's draft. What is it that is unknown about you that you want them to know? My heart. You know, my heart, my heart gives me the ability to to stay persistent, to stay motivated, to encourage others. Yes, I've been in situations where they're not the greatest for myself, but I've always been able to elevate other people. I always try to elevate, encourage, be empathetic, charismatic for my people around me. And that's what I would do. And that's what I would bring to any organization. As far as the community as well, being in the community and showing the people love, you know, inspiring other people. It's not just always about football. It's about people being a person, being personable, 
Prince, it has been a pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time, especially during a holiday weekend, to come on to the show yeah, right, and talk right. to me about your your journey, the XML Showcase, the draft invitation. I hope your name is called in November's draft. And if not, hopefully other opportunities are offered to you because it sounds like you really deserve it. You worked hard. You haven't given up, especially at this stage in your life. And if you do end up making an XFL team for 2023, I would love to have you come back on again sometime so we can discuss how things are going for you and how your team is progressing. Yes, sir. That sounds good. I'd definitely love to come back, man. You already know. I'll be an honor to appreciate the time, man. And and thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share my story and just to speak a little bit about about the process that's, that's going on now. Oh, absolutely. If some of our listeners wanted to be able to follow you in your journey, where could they do so? Um, Instagram is golden underscore flash zero zero one. My Twitter handle is golden flash zero zero one. And my Facebook is Prince Shinola. All right. Perfect. Thank you, Prince. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate it. You have a good one. Happy holidays. All right. You too. All right. When I learned of Prince's story and his playing journey, I knew listeners would appreciate his appearance on the show. I recommend you follow Prince on social media so you can follow him on his continued journey. I wish him well, and hopefully we will have an opportunity to watch him play in the XFL in 2023. Before we go, friendly reminder, the show now has a Let's Talk XFL fan line. Listeners are encouraged to call 863-TALK-XFL or 863-825-5935 and leave a comment, question, or hot take. Doing so, your message has a chance to be included in an upcoming episode. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Let's Talk XFL. As always, I am interested in receiving your feedback. So do not be a stranger. Reach out to let me know your thoughts. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform of choice. One last thing. If you're interested in checking out our friends over at Royal Retros by 503 Sports, do not forget to click on the link in the show's description and notes, as well as that sweet code, Let's Talk XFL, or 10% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Let's Talk XFL on your platform of choice. Follow Let's Talk XFL on Facebook and Twitter at Let's Talk XFL. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to letstalkxfl at gmail.com.